Uh, Acts chapter number 27, uh, same chapter we were in this morning, and I know it's been a full week, and I know uh, everyone is weary tonight. I know there's several people battling sickness. Uh, some are able to be here tonight. Some are not able to be here. I'm aware of that, and uh, I do. I want to pay close attention to the time, and so I do not intend on preaching very long. I want to be very punctual tonight, and I'm not sure if, 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 if it's a good time to tell you that I have more points in my outline than I normally have on the heels of that statement or not, uh, but I will move very, very quickly tonight. And of all the preaching you've got this week, I mean, it's just stay here all night, Pastor, just, just preach. Yeah, okay, that's about what I thought. Um, I, I don't have enough in the tank to do that, but uh, we, we're familiar with this passage of Scripture. We spent some time in it this morning at the end of the chapter. I want to begin reading in verse number 22. Uh, we have brought uh, a couple of messages from these uh, verses. I want to bring another one tonight. Uh, you know the context of the Scripture. Uh, you know the storm. You know that Paul is that prisoner, and uh, he is heading to Rome, and uh, this storm that they have encountered in, uh, in, the, in the verses leading up to our text tonight, uh, the men are doing everything they can do. They're lightening the ship. They're, they're, they're undergirding. They're trying to do everything they can do to save the the ship. I mean, their destruction is at hand. This morning, we uh, talked about hanging on to the pieces and, and grabbing hold of the pieces and, and, and getting to shore. But I want to go back to verse number 22, and let's begin reading there in verse 22, and we'll read the verse uh, 25. Uh, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer, and there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by, stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am in whom I serve. Uh, this isn't the message, but do not underestimate belonging to God. Do not underestimate the faithfulness of God. We strive to be faithful, but every one of us have failed in our faithfulness. We, are, we do not have perfect faithfulness, but our God has always been faithful. He is a faithful God. Do not underestimate that. Young people, you may, you may not have the notoriety that this world offers. You may not experience the quote-unquote fun this world offers. But in your darkest of hours, I'd rather have a God next to my side uh, than, than this world. And so do not underestimate the faithfulness of God. Verse 24, saying, fear not, Paul. And I'm reminded, God does not give us the spirit of fear. If you're afraid, it's not, that didn't come from God. God says, fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sell with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Tonight, I want to preach a very simple message with a very simple title, entitled, Paul's God. Paul's God. Father, help us tonight as we uh, look in this passage of Scripture once again. Uh, I'm pretty certain there's some things that we're going to bring out tonight that's, gonna, that's going to encourage us, going to remind us of how faithful you are, what a great God you are. May we allow the Word of God to strengthen us, to help us, to remind us of these things, but may it uh, enable us as we uh, go out into this world this week uh, we face trials this week. We face difficulties this week. I know many tonight, they're waiting on test results that nobody else knows about. Father, may they be reminded that uh, you, you, you're a faithful God. 
And Father, may we just continue to put our strength in you. We ask you bless our service in Jesus' name. Amen. We know by now the number of messages we've preached from this chapter. We know by now the circumstances. We know by now uh, the situation that Paul and these other prisoners and these soldiers find themselves in. I preached this morning, and I'll not, I'll not spend any time on, the, on it this evening, but the fact that you do find yourself, life brings storms. And sometimes we find ourselves in, in, in circumstances. But I, I find th- these, these, these verses to be very encouraging verses, to be very exciting verses. And I would encourage you to, to mark these in your Bible. And in, in lonely times, in dark times, in times of difficulty, I would refer back to this passage of Scripture and be reminded to be of good cheer. Uh, be reminded that God does not forsake us. Be reminded that He says, fear not. I find myself as a pastor, uh, given that advice, mentioning what I just mentioned a moment ago, over and over and over again. If you're afraid, God's not, it's not from God. Uh, God tells us not to be af- afraid. And if my God says, don't be afraid, friends, we, we don't have to fear. We don't have to be afraid. But this reminds us that we just need to believe God. <clears throat> I can just envision... I don't know how your mind works. I know how mine works sometimes, but I know that when I read the Scripture, I find myself up, up in the story. I try and imagine what it looks like. I try and imagine uh, the ship tossing to and fro, and there amidst all the waves and all of the spray from the storm and the lightning flashing and the thunder sounding, I find this little old man of God standing there on the ship saying, Fear not. God has spoken, and there is Paul talking about his God, bragging on his God, finding strength in his God, and telling these individuals what God has said. Is there any doubt, as we have gone through the book of Acts this year, is there any doubt, as we have studied the life of the Apostle Paul, that Paul believed in his God? Paul believed he had a great God. Let me point some things out tonight about Paul's God. First of all, we see his glory. Think about the glory of God. We have a God that is worshipped by men. We say, well, there's others that worship, that are worshipped by men, but we have a God that's worshipped by men and served by angels. You think about that. There are hosts, there are legions of angels that just exist to serve our God. Boy, we have a God who is a glorious God. We have a God who is above all things. Friend, do not forget, and sometimes as Christians, as we are striving to be more like our Savior, as we are in this, in this wicked old world, we're trying to keep a clean mind, a clean heart, a clean life. We're trying to conform to the image of God. And sometimes we get that, we look at it as a drudgery. And we get discouraged. Let me remind you of the glory of God. Let me remind you of how great our God is. And we find in this story, we find his glory. We find Paul's God is a God of glory. (coughs) Secondly, see how fast I'm moving tonight? Secondly, we see his care. It's It's an amazing thing when you think of this context of the care of God. We read this passage of Scripture, and I don't want you to miss this. And our attention is drawn to this one event at this period of time in history. 
But while we read what took place at this point with this drifting ship, God, who is above all things, watches over the care of the whole world. And while these men were struggling for their life and they were facing the fear, as God in His magnificence and in His glory, as everything in this universe just operated exactly as God had set it forth to operate. During this time, there was not, these were not the only people in danger. These were not the only people suffering. But yet, God in His care was very aware of a drifting ship in the middle of a storm. Friend, you and I can draw great encouragement from that. Of all of the people, the billions of people in this world, of all of the needs, of all of the cares, of all of the difficulties, God is aware of your drifting ship. God is aware of the storm you find yourself in. And sometimes it's not because we're in this great storm. Sometimes we say, well, this person's got greater problems than I have, and this person's got a greater burden than I have. But friend, let me remind you of the care of God. Whatever is, is concerning you is concerning the God, and you have a God who is above all things. You have a God who knows the thoughts of every man. You have a God who knows the cares of every man, and he knows your cares. He knows your difficulties. He knows how, how weak you are tonight. He knows the strength that you like tonight. He knows the burden that you carry tonight. He knows the broken heart that you have this evening. That We see the care of an almighty God in the whole world that God rules over. His care was also on that drifting ship. Sometimes, and it's a false sense of humility, well... In the, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, that my problems aren't so big and, 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 and I'm, just a, I'm not that important. Friend, let me remind you of something that's a dangerous accusation to throw at your God. You were important enough for him to send his son to die for. He's aware of your burden. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful that he's his care? Paul's God was a God of care. His care was obvious in noting that drifting ship. He cared enough to send word to the ship. It's going to be okay. Aren't you glad when you're drifting along, carrying that burden, or dealing with that difficult situation, and the Holy Spirit brings the mind a verse of Scripture? Well, that's just a quick, no, no, it's God sending word to your ship. It's going to be okay. Aren't you glad that there's times when you hear a message preached and you know that's exactly what you needed in the hour you needed it? So, oh, it's just a coincidence. It's, no, no, that's God in his care sending word to your ship. It's going to be okay. You're going to make it. Aren't you glad when sometimes just a pat on the back by a brother or sister in Christ, a note at the right time, Oh, it's just a, how did they know? Let me tell you how they knew. There was a God in heaven who impressed, impressed upon him to send word to your ship that he still cares. You see, these individuals, they were battling that storm. They were, they were in the midst of it. They, but yet, here was Paul stepping forth and saying, I've got a word from God. God had already told Paul, be of good cheer, hadn't he? 
Paul had already, God had already told Paul that everything is going to be okay. But now we find Paul being the mouthpiece of God and saying, God wants you to know to be of good cheer. God wants you to know that you don't have to be afraid. God wants you to know that we're all going to make it. We find the care of Paul's God. We find his care in noticing that drifting ship in visiting his suffering servant, Paul, in answering his servant's prayers. Friend, don't be afraid to pray. Be faithful to pray. Let me remind you, God is a God that answers prayer. We notice Paul's God. We notice his glory. We notice his care in the story. We also notice his sovereignty. Here they are in a storm that God is in complete control of. You know, no man can master the sea, but God can. God's in complete control. Matter of fact, they are in a storm because God has allowed it. Uh, there's easy application in the message tonight. If you're in a, one of the storms of life, it didn't surprise God. He's a sovereign God. Oh, we, we believe in the sovereignty of God. We believe God is in complete control. But when Job was going through his difficulty, was God still in control? Yes, he was. God is still in control. We see his sovereignty over the sea. He was in control of the sea. Paul believed that. Paul believed that uh, he held to the promises of God. And as he was praying to get an answer from God, God just reminded him, I'm in control of everything. And friend, as, you, as, as you're in a storm, as you face difficulties, as you carry a burden, we have a sovereign God who knows all about it. Well, I pray to God that he'll just, he'll just take the storm away. Friend, sometimes you get a greater picture of God by surviving the storm but, than you do by never going through a storm. And you got to remember that there is a sovereign God. There is a God who is in complete control. He created that that sea. He was. He created the wind. And do we need a do we need a reminder of Jesus uh, with his disciples of him stepping forth on the bow of a ship when they thought they were going to perish and just say, "Peace, be still." And in an instant, it was calm. Because we have a sovereign God. We find a sovereignty over the sea, but also over the lives of the men. We have a God who's in control of everything. So, Pastor, I, I didn't think I would ever... We have a sovereign God. We need to trust God with our lives. This evening, aren't you trusting God with your eternal soul? As a child, when I put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on Calvary, I, I put my faith in him the best I could for my salvation. Since that day, I've had my complete trust in God. Think about it. You don't trust yourself to stay saved tonight, do you? Oh, that would be a, that would be a, a big mistake for him. I, I believe, and how many times do we get assurance from the word of God? Yep, it's all on him. It's all on him. It's all on him. It's all on him. Boy, I depend on God for the care of my eternal soul. But shouldn't we also depend on him for ordering our steps? for taking care of us day by day. But so many times we, we fail, and yes, I'm going to depend on God for my eternal soul, but 
But yet, day by day, we, we, we wonder, how am I going to get through this day? We wonder if, if God's going to provide for me today. God, I don't know how you're going to do it. And sometimes we get f- afraid because we see the storm. Friend, the same God who's in care of your eternal soul is, 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 is in care of your life today. And friend, we have a God. He's got our days numbered. He knows exactly what's going what's to happen with us. And you've got to trust God with your circumstance, with your situation. God in his sovereignty is over all the course of events. We also find not only his sovereignty, but we find his faithfulness. We find his faithfulness specifically, I'll mention, look in verse number 24, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sell with thee. He mentions that you should be brought before Caesar. He's faithful because he had told Paul, you'll stand before Caesar. I'll give you that desire of your heart. And yet, here's a storm that from a man's perspective, stay with me, from a man's perspective, could end that hope, could end that promise. This storm is an obstacle to keep me from getting to where I believe God wanted me to go. And he's reminded when he spoke to Paul, and he said, fear not, fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. Friend, tonight, don't fear. Don't fear this world. Many of you, I was, I was thinking about this this afternoon and praying about this this afternoon. What a week we had this past week. Boy, how God, if you were just in one service, God spoke to you. If you were only able to be in one and hear one sermon, you got enough in that one sermon for God to do something in your life. But what a week we had and the decisions that were made and how our spirit was strengthened. But you, you, there was an eternal difference made this week. But let me remind you of whose, who, who, whose perimeter we're on and whose, whose radar it is on. The old Satan himself, he's going to come around in this week and he's going to fight and he's going to work against everything that God has tried to do this week. Let me say to you, fear not. God keeps his promises. God is faithful. And whatever comes, God will keep his word. God will keep his promise. It's faith. Faith. You know, if... Oh, I was going to make another sermon out of this, but let's, let's just get it tonight. What do you say? Notice that verse. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sell with thee. Well, there's a lot that if you really think about it, that phrase right there. What was on the mind of Paul? It was brought out this week that he referred to them as souls and not as men. And God said, I'll, you're, I, I'm going to keep my promise. I, I'm going to be faithful. You're going to stand before Caesar. And he says, I'm going to give the, I'm, I'm, in that verse, see up there he says, uh, verse 24, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. You're going to fulfill that promise. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sell with thee. I don't think, I, this is just what I believe. I believe all these men trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe Paul's God became their God. I don't think he had to have any prodding in an invitation when they finally bounced over to the dry ground. I don't believe so. 
And I believe the next chapter would bear this out, that, that they believed the God. But what an audience that Paul had. And Paul could say, you've seen the intercession of God. You've seen how my, I told you my God said don't set sail, but you did it anyway. And the storm came. And then I prayed to my God, and my God said that everybody's going to be delivered. And there's no there's a situation that we shouldn't have all been saved, but we are. And, and God said, not only am I going to fulfill the promise of you getting to your destination, I'm going to give you your heart's desire along the way. It was Paul's heart's desire for men to be saved, for men to know God. And along the way, friend, God is so faithful. He will fulfill his promises, but he'll also give you your heart's desire. He will also use you to do things for his honor and glory along the way. We have a faithful God. Number five, and the last one tonight. We see his boundless mercy. And Paul's God a good God. His boundless mercy in granting the lives of those on board. You realize for us to be here this evening is the mercy of God. The mercy of God. All of us have a story. And it's all the same. It's all a story of the mercy of a good God. They could have gone down in that sea. They could have gone down in that ship. But we find his boundless mercy in granting the lives of those on board. So many times we as Christians, we fail in this area. We're all guilty of it. We all get a sense of entitlement with our God. Oh, we know God's good. We know God makes promises. But you know everything that we get from God is a gift. Not just our salvation, which is a gift, but every blessing that we receive. That's not blessings we don't deserve. Now, we understand that if we're faithful, God will bless. We understand if we are obedient to Scripture, God will bless. But do we think just because we're... Do we just, no, it's the mercy of God that He would bless us for being obedient. It's the mercy of God that He would bless us uh, by, by, by following His instruction. We find the boundless mercy, but notice in granting the lives of them on board. Uh, this truth, let me bring it out very quickly. There was someone on board who knew him, and he granted their life. When you first begin to read this story, I don't know about you, but I, I know Paul's coming out the other side. I know, don't miss this truth, I know Paul is going to be cared for. Well, there are people that, I, I, that as I've grown up, I was, I, I was born into a pastor's home, as you know, and I, I was saved at a very young age, called to preach at a very young age. I've been around, seen a lot of things, and I can look at the lives of people that my life has intersected and say, I know God's taking care of them. I know God's blessing them. I know you look at them, and they're an example of God's care they're an example. If there's anybody, maybe you've heard it say like this, you say it like this, if there's anybody God's taken care of, he's going to take care of them. You know what I'm talking about. That shows the mercy of God. But nothing like this last point I'm going to point out to you on that, on that note. He granted mercy to those who knew him. But he also granted mercy in the life of those who did not know him. He granted them their life so they'd have another opportunity to call on the name of Jesus. Oh, don't, don't, don't say we have a God who does not care. 
And please don't come to me and say we have a God who who predestined some to heaven and some hell. We have a picture right here. There were some who did not choose him. There were some who had not yet been saved. And he says, I will grant you mercy. So I will spare your life. Even though you don't know me, even though you have yet to trust me, I'm going to grant you mercy and spare your life so you will have another opportunity to call on me. Friend, that, 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 that encourages me that God would grant mercy to me. And he'd give me another day. He'd give me another opportunity to serve him. But it encourages me to know that as vile and as wicked as this world is, and, and you, you've, you have thought along the same lines that I found myself thinking, thinking of, God, why don't you just deal with them? God, why don't you just wipe them out? God, why don't you just take care of them? But my God is a merciful God. I'll give you a little more time. And friend, it ought to compel all of us. God gives us another day. He spares those who, who do not know him, but to have them another day, gives us another opportunity to tell them about how good God is. Tell them about how good the mercy of God is. He spares us. That'll give you encouragement. If you know somebody tonight who's not saved, you have a loved one tonight who's not saved and they've rejected God and rejected God and rejected God. God is a merciful God. That's why every opportunity we have to share the gospel, we're going to share it. Because eventually... Our time appointed will come. But I see the mercy of God. I see His boundless mercy. So many people in general, Christians included many times, if you can't do for me, I've got no use for you. We shouldn't be that way. That's the attitude of people in general. What can you do for me? We're taught that in business. We're taught that in so many things. What can you do? But you find a God who looks at His creation and says, I'll be merciful and sparing you in this situation. But I'm going to be merciful to those who don't even yet know me. And I'm going to spare their life. When I, when I was thinking about this, I, th- I think of the testimony of Brother Chitty, who was here this week. And how when he was serving in Vietnam and wounded, one of the times he was wounded. And you've heard the testimony of actually being placed in a body bag. And if he had died that day, he had died and gone to hell. But God in his mercy, God in his mercy spared his life. Not just so he could get saved. There's the gym sitting right back there. But God in his mercy. We don't know what God is doing. Oh, God, we have a merciful, merciful God. Last statement I'll make tonight. Here's my five things I see when I was thinking of Paul's God because Paul's God was not the only and I'll use the word God that these men had been exposed to he was the one true God but oh in this world we live in today there's all kinds of gods isn't there oh and whichever whichever God you serve and whichever there's only one true God I find a lot of things different about Paul's God I find his glory I find his care. I find his sovereignty. I find his faithfulness. I find his boundless mercy. Let me sum up the message with this one statement. Paul's God is my God. Paul's God is your God. I get excited when I think about Paul's God. 
I, I get excited to see what's going to take place here, what did take place here. But friend, all of us can get excited tonight when we think about that God is my God. That God in his glory, that's my God. That God who is sovereign, that's my God. It's, it's a wonderful, I mean, it's good preaching to preach that, boy, God was in control of this ship and God knew everything that was going on with those men and God had, and his, his man was caring for him. But the same God who ruled over that situation is the same God who looks from his throne today and knows exactly what we're dealing with, exactly what we're going through, exactly the storms that we face. It's wonderful for Paul's God to be that magnificent, but Paul's God is my God. Friend, don't be discouraged tonight. And, and you and I, ought to, we ought to leave here. We ought to go through our week. We ought to be encouraged. The fact that Paul's God is our God, his faithfulness. Think of the faithfulness of God. Well, we've seen a lot about Paul's life, haven't we? We've seen the blessings of God. We've seen the sacrifice of the man of God as he's been beaten, as he's been imprisoned, now he finds himself in another difficult situation. But every time, we've witnessed the faithfulness of God. Oh, and sometimes we'll see on the pages of Scripture the faithfulness of God. Say, oh, God was faithful to them, and, and God, God was merciful to them. But friend, Paul's God is my God. Paul's God is your God. Friend, be encouraged tonight. The God of the Bible is our God. Jehovah God is our God. He's a faithful God. Friend, let's serve God when it's quote-unquote easy, when it's difficult. Just be faithful to Him because He will be faithful to you. Well, Pastor, I preached on this one. I'm in a storm. Well, <clears throat> Paul's God is your God. He's merciful to all of us. But you know, we have some challenges ahead of us as a church. We have some great opportunities. We've already experienced the blessing of God. And God blessed and God intervened in the life of Paul because he made some promises to Paul. But Paul could have appeared before Caesar without God sparing the lives of those other men. But God said in his mercy, he said, I'm going to allow these other lives to be saved, to give them another opportunity. And friend, God is merciful to us, and God has done some things of us, for us. But let's not squander opportunity as a church to be faithful to tell those that we come in contact with of the greatness of God. That's why I let me encourage you to stay faithful. Stay faithful. You know what will be a great, you know what will be effective to those you work with, your neighbors, your loved ones, when you can talk about the storms that you went through and how God never left you and God didn't forsake you and God was there for you and you, when God inter, inter, intervened in your life, who wouldn't want that God? But you have a lot of Christians do well. Life's so tough. Life's so rough. Friend, it is for everybody. It's difficult for everybody. But oh, be reminded, we have a faithful God. We have a merciful God. And God gives us another day to serve Him. God gives us another opportunity to serve Him. God allows us to cross the path of somebody else 
Aren't you thankful that he didn't just cast you into hell? I think all of us could give testimony of, I don't know how I made it through that. I don't know how I was, with all the preachers here, I'll, I'll share this illustration, then I'll be done. I promise, my Bible's closed. Um, and my wife and I, one of the nights my wife and I got to sit by each other and this other couple was there and they, were, they had left their teenage boys at home by themselves overnight for the first time. And so they said, I was like, oh, did you really? Mom was already having a hard time with that. Dad was like, whatever. She's like, I said, oh, did you really? Oh, let me tell you some stories. And her eyes are this big. They're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. And I said, and I didn't know that they, I said, do y'all, do y'all have a pool? She's like, yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> there was a, I said, there was a time my parents left me and my brothers at home alone overnight. And all of the teenage boys got together. Brother Stanley was included in those teenage boys. And we would jump off the roof of our house into our pool. Don't gas. There was only about a 15, 16 foot gap that we had to clear to get from the roof to the pool. But you look, all of us could look back on our life and say, how in the world did I get here? But you think of times before you were saved. You can look back and you can see the hand of God. There, there, I believe we can look back in our life and see some instances but there's going to be times when we get in heaven, be revealed to us. There's times that we couldn't see it and God intervened. So the day could come that we could hear the gospel. So that we could be saved. Or he's merciful one more time for us to get things right. So that we could serve him. Let's be thankful for that Paul's God is our God. The God of the Bible is our God.